You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you're seated. Open your Bible at Luke chapter 18. And then go to James 2 after that. Luke 18, James chapter 2. We have had some good time in the Word of God, talking about entering into the rest of God, talking about walking in the confession, Jesus being our high priest of our confession. And we also know that God has called us for such a time as this. We as the church are the light of the world. Jesus is the light. We are the body of Christ. And it's no longer we who live, it's Christ who lives within us. And we are God's demonstration in this earth of His grace and of His glory. People are watching. People are done with, with, with fake and, and, and with, with just, you know, trying to put shows on and that. But we do understand that God is not just about religion. He's a living God. He's a God who is spirit. We are spirit created in his image, living in this natural world. And so there's everything happening in the world today is doing everything. The enemy is doing everything he could possibly think of to try and silence the word of God in the earth. But now how is that word silenced? Well, the only reason the word is active in the earth is because you are born again. You are the mouth to that word. You're the carrier of that word. You are the demonstration of that word. Think about that. You wouldn't even know the gospel if somebody didn't say it. So God, the first time God spoke to you was through a person. Anytime we say God gave me something, it came from the hand of somebody. When we lead people to Jesus, it's the church that does that. When people are healed, it's because we put our hands on that person. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover, is what Jesus said. He's the healer, his glory, his power, but he chooses to work through us. And so you and I are the word. We are the carriers of that word. That word is now made flesh in you and I. The same way it was made flesh in Jesus, today it's in you and I. We are the ones that are manifesting that word. And so every time you declare the word... It silences the work of darkness, silences the enemy. But praise God, that word spoken brings victory and restoration to lives, brings the recovery that God ordained to happen. So the only way the enemy is going to stop that is to silence you. You think the devil doesn't like you. It's got nothing to do with you. It's the word he wants to silence. I don't understand why the devil gives me so much attention. Who am I? I don't know why. No, it's to shut the word out of you. I don't know why my neighbor hates me. It's got nothing to do with your neighbor loving you or liking you or hating you. It's got nothing to do with that. It's about silencing that word. And you know what it's like how if, if, if you understand the concept of a fight, is that the whole idea behind a fight is you both opponents come out strong. 
The only way you win is to whittle that person down, whittle them down, whittle them down. That's why it's such a long thing. Punch here, punch there. Find where the weakness is. Focus on that. Try and break them. Try and hurt them. Try and draw blood. Try and, what's the whole idea? Wear them down, wear them down, wear them down. Why? You want to get them to a place where eventually they just drop their hands and give up. And that's what the enemy is just, that's why batter, 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 batter. What more? What next? Batter. Come on, man. Another one, batter. When are you going to drop your hands? When are you going to give up? Family of God, Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, verse 7, Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? God told us very clearly, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. The ministry of the church today is where the word talks about God being that avenger. Hallelujah. And he will avenge the righteous. He will judge what is right. He will bring judgment to the word of God. That the word always prevails. And then he says that he will avenge them speedily. Family of God, when we cry out to God, he hears every time. And he says, I will avenge speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, how you know Jesus is coming back? Will he really find faith on the earth? Wow. This is Jesus speaking. He's saying, when I come back, Will I find faith on the earth? That's interesting. He came, he said the purpose he came was to destroy the work of the enemy, to seek and save that which was lost. He came in a body so that it can be sacrificed, that blood may flow to pay the price for sin, that man can be redeemed to their father. That was his purpose was to walk in this earth and demonstrate the kingdom of God, to teach the kingdom that we can understand who God is and how his kingdom works and bring us to a place where we could live the same way. And he kept demonstrating and he kept talking about it, the kingdom of God. And he spoke, the kingdom is like this, and the kingdom is like this, and the kingdom works this way. And then he demonstrated faith. And every time the disciples struggled or failed or tripped or sank or whatever, he would call out, where's your faith? And he kept talking about faith. Have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. He kept on this message the whole time. And it's interesting to see that now that he is resurrected and he's risen on high, seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting for the appointed time to come and fetch his church. And he says when he comes back, the first thing he's going to look for is faith. Not saying will he find love. Will he find a praying church. He said will he find That tells me he's very aware of what Satan's primary attack is, is to silence that faith. 
James said in James chapter 2, verse 17, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith by itself is dead. So it is possible to have faith, but for it to be dead, that will help answer a lot of questions. We will say, I don't know why that happened to that person. They, were, they had so much faith. You can have faith. But the Word says it's possible to have faith and for that very faith to be dead. Someone says, you have faith, I have works. And so he says, show me your faith without your works. It's not possible. That's the implication. I will show you my faith by my works. Very often, I, you know, you talk to people and you see they're struggling and you, you hear in their speech how they can be inaccurate, how they say things. You go, but that, you, you're a Christian. That contradicts the word. And they say, yeah, yeah, but you, you know, uh, I believe. If I ask you, yeah, how many of you believe in God? Let me see your hand. You believe in God? And we think that qualifies us. I believe in God. Hallelujah. And James says, in verse 19, you believe there's one God, good. Even the demons believe. Now that, the first time I ever saw that scripture, it shocked me. Demons have more sense than an atheist. I'm like, whoa. Whoa. I mean, if anyone should not believe, you'd think it would be a demon. It's not like, I don't believe in God. That doesn't make you special. The, the, the devil who hates God believes him. So believing God doesn't make it work. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know I'm better than an atheist. At least I believe in God. Oh, that is the devil. Yeah, but I go to church. So does the devil. Do you know that at the Bay Christian Family Church, the most faithful member, not a member, but we rather used to, no, I'm not going to call him a member, most faithful attender. Even me as the senior pastor don't attend as well as the devil. He's in every service. He has immersed one service. How do I know that? Because there's always somebody that's going to get upset. Someone's going to get offended. Somebody. Why? Because the Bible says when the word is spoken, Satan comes immediately. He doesn't wait in the car park. He comes immediately. Why? He's got to unsettle you. That's why he makes sure you're on social media. He makes sure you're distracted. What does it mean? I was, re- I was reading the Bible. Yeah. Uh, he'll do whatever he can to distract you. He'll get you looking at that person. Why are they wearing that color with that color? Uh, anything he can do. What they putting on their hair? 
It's, it's, it's not nice when the, when the pastor's got your number, hey? <laughs> After, during praise and worship, we always have a healing line. So if we stand on anyone's toes, you can come along and get them healed as well. Here's what I'm saying. Just believing is not enough. Demons believe. And they tremble. But do you want to know, a foolish man? Faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Took an action. Do you believe? Then do this. Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. How many want to be called the friend of God? How many would like to be known as the friend of God? You see then. A man is justified by works and not by faith only. Remember Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith it is really difficult to please God. God would prefer it if you used faith. No, without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith. That's why, family, you've got to understand there is an attack, even from religious circles, on the message of faith. Yes, why? You can serve God, go to church, sing songs, but if it's not done by faith, it doesn't please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Remember Hebrews 10 verse 38, the just shall live by faith. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. If anyone draws back, this is not just talking about getting saved. Now that you're saved, you're always saved and you're going to heaven. That's not what pleases God. It's when you activate and you move into faith, and then things start to happen. And if we start drawing back and we don't speak as often as we do, we don't act as often as we used to, we don't say what we believe. He says, my soul has no pleasure in that person that draws back. The just shall live by faith. Now, living is what we do 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, 365 days a year. And even on a leap year, you'll add the extra day. Don't even take that day off. We live by faith every single moment of our days. It is your lifestyle. I said it is your lifestyle. Now, how does that faith come? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. I mean, I want to talk to us today to keep that faith alive. Because if you've ever heard the word of God, you've received faith. That atheist I was talking about just now, the most hardened, 
the leader of all atheists, the atheist of atheists. Like I said, the devil's not even an atheist. So he's not even the atheist of atheists. That's a human. Has heard the word of God. And when they heard the word of God, they got the same measure of faith you got. No one stands before God and says, I didn't know. You had the word. And that word brought faith. There it is. Faith comes by hearing. Have you heard the word of God? Yes. Faith came. How do you make sure you keep that faith alive? I want to give us seven things. There's maybe many, many more, but... Seven critical points that I really believe that if we focus, you want to protect your faith? You want to please God? Anyone here? I just want to make sure. Intent on backsliding? Anyone? Every time I ask that question, I never ever get a, a hand. And yet the enemy manages to do it somehow. And just like Jesus, I'm saying, in five years' time, will I find you? In faith. He wants to find faith in the earth. I'm saying, will I find you in faith? I'm putting you on you. Because me, I've been here long enough and I think I'm still going to be here long until the Lord decides I'm done on the earth. Amen. But today I want to turn. I want to make it. I want us each individually to think about our own lives. How do we make sure that we never, ever lose faith? Now, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by. Well, the very scriptures just before that, that's verse 17. Look at verse 10. How will they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? It's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Verse 17, faith comes by hearing. So how will you get faith unless you have a preacher in your life? There's a huge move in the world today. To get people to stop going to the, they call it, institution of church. I can serve God just on my own. It's me and Jesus. I don't need the organization. Well, evidently, God thinks we do. He says, you have been given a preacher. I have been placed in your life. The primary purpose to put me in your life isn't just to lead someone to Jesus. Otherwise, I'd be an evangelist. There's a lot that are called to do that. And I may have been the one that led you to Jesus, but many of us, other people led us to Jesus. That's not why I'm in your life, not to get you saved. I will get many more people saved, but that's not my primary call. It is what we do as a church. My individual call, my primary reason is to inject faith into your heart every single week. 
every single week, not once a month, once a year, now and then. I mean, when you eat, you eat every day. The just shall live by faith. Isn't that right? So when you eat, you just go up and just take stuff out and eat the potato raw and eat this. No, no. Someone cooks a meal, isn't that right? Some, somebody cooks it. Even if you are the one that's cooking it or someone cooks it for you. My job is to prepare a meal for you that you can eat on all week long. So when the meal's ready, come to church and eat. Don't miss church meetings. Come to church. Come to church meetings regularly. Family of God, it's a necessity. It's not a checkbox to make sure you're on the right side of God. It's not now and then. It is all the time. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, now it shall come to pass in the latter days, everybody say latter days, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Now remember, God in his original calling on Abraham, is that he will make him a great nation, and in him all nations will be blessed. He doesn't say, I'll make you a great religion. When you speak in prophetic language of mountains, you talk about spheres of influence, like technology, like arts, like education, like sport. There's different mountains that we have in society. But he says the church, God's people, the nation of God, will be exalted above all mountains. There are different mountains. Your sphere of influence, maybe it's political. That's a mountain. But there's a mountain that all the mountains will refer to. And he says all nations will flow into it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion, which is the type of the church, shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Family, the word comes from the mountain of God's house. Say that. The word of God comes forth from the mountain of God's house. Psalm 122 verse 1, David says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said, let's go into. I can guarantee you now, if David had social media, he wouldn't say, I was glad when they said I could sign on to online. No, he wanted to be in the house of God. He wanted to be in the house of God. 
Family, lockdown is over. I shouldn't be looking at you. I'm looking straight in the camera. It's officially over. There's no more reason, no more excuse. Now, I understand there are people like, you know, they're far away, St. Helena, as to swim through the ocean and get to this building may be difficult. But now they're meeting online. That's why we have online. It is not so we can sleep late and then eat our wheat bicks with coffee sitting in front and having church in our pajamas. That's not the purpose for online. I know I'm being challenging you, but I'm speaking to you with love today. I don't care who comes. I really don't care who comes. And I don't mean that nastily or uncaringly. It doesn't change my life whether you're in that chair or not. Because I know how to live this life. My purpose is to speak life to you. But I can get that on that computer. No, God thinks we need to come together. God believes there's a place where you gather that has a greater effect than had you been online. Hallelujah. And you know, you can sit and watch exercise videos and see them jumping up and down in their, you know, tights and shorts and whatever. You don't get fit. You've got to get up off that couch and get yourself down into a gym and start picking up the weights yourself. Isn't that right? You can watch all the good nutrition movies you like. You know all the vitamins you should be eating and all the food you should be eating. But until you cook that meal correctly and keep what shouldn't be in there out and put what should be there in, it's not going to change the physique. You don't wake up, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> that takes a lot of work and a lot of nutrition, a lot of effort. See, everything in you, your flesh, when that alarm goes off on a Sunday, you've had a hard week, it's been tiring, you've been getting up early, you just need a day to sleep in. Yeah, the devil wants to keep you in fellowship with Mr. P. Lowe and Mrs. Duvet. Now, we need to get to the house of God. It's time to get back to church. And that means getting into the building. Now, we know the building's not the church. We the church. Yes, the church. The church is gathering. Where are you? Yeah, but I'm the church. No, the church is the gathering. I said the church is the gathering. Hebrews 10, verse 16 This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Now, how is God going to get his law, the word of God, into your heart? How does he get it into your heart? You're just worshiping, and he puts the word in? No. No. Through your preacher. Say that. The word of God is given to me by God 
through my preacher. He confirmed that in the word. He'll write the word in your mind. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Say, thank you, Jesus. Now, where there is remission of sins, there's no longer an offering for sin. Christ paid once and for all. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. We have a high priest over the house of God. Just me and Jesus. Yeah, he presides over the house of God. He's only high priest if you're in the house of God. Now, we learned last week he is the high priest of our confession. Well, what will you know to say? Because your preacher gives you the words to say. Now, Jesus is going to oversee that, but he only oversees it in the house of God. He's the high priest over the house of God. So, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Will I find faith when I return, Jesus said. Keeping faith alive. We draw near with a true heart full of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. What's that? That's the word of God. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And, everybody say and. How many love the words so far that I've read? And, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and the works that activate faith. We have to stir one another up. That tells me it doesn't happen by accident. I thought going to church was all it took. Then I found out I need to activate my faith. So I tried. I activated my faith. But there were times that my pastor who was discipling us called us on things. Uh, You know, where was this? I remember once we we went to church. Regularly, when I first got saved, I couldn't get enough of church. I, I thought, man, I haven't had, not had good word like this for all, you know, all my life. I wanted to hear everything Apostle Theo was teaching. I'd be in every service. When we went to two services, I went to both. Like now, morning service, second service. And we would go every Sunday night. And then one day we had a bri, Sunday afternoon, we had friends over. And, uh, you know, it's like, just runs a little late, whatever. And eventually, everybody went, and by the time they went, we looked like, sure, they're still going to go and get ready and whatever. But we just thought, it's going to be a rush. Uh, you know, maybe we'll just, just this Sunday, we'll take a break. Just take a rest, you know. I mean, we're always in church. So we were getting ready for bed. 
And the house we stayed in, our bedroom was on the corner of the house. And we had a driveway down the side of the house. Our garage was at the back. So whenever anyone at night would pull into the driveway, then, of course, the headlights hit the, the, the bedroom curtains. So we knew what that meant. So, you know, I'm busy getting dressed. And I'm just about to get into bed, and boof, there the curtains light up. I think, who's here now? Yo, it's like bedtime. And I open the curtain, and there's Pastor Joe Jones. That's Janine in my area pastor at the time. And he's getting out the turn. I said, Pastor Joe's here. Why would Pastor Joe be here now? So I quickly grab my tracksuit and I get to the front door. He's standing there patiently. He's rang the bell and taking me time to get there. And I open the door. Pastor Joe, hi, how are you doing? He says, is everything okay here? I said, sure, Jan, everything's fine. He says, you sure? No, no, one's, no, one's, no, no problem, do you mind? I said, no, come on in. He sat down and says, you know, if, you, if there's a challenge, if you need prayer, so I said, no, there's absolutely nothing. Nothing's wrong. He says, oh, I, wouldn't, I, I thought you wouldn't miss church for anything. <laughs> now I have a decision. I can get offended. I can leave anything. Excuse me. I'm in church every weekend. I miss one, and that's the day you come see me. One, one. If I miss three, then come see me. Or four or five, but one? Come on, I could have done that. I didn't do that. I looked at him with conviction and I said, you got my number. Because I, I, I knew I should have been. I, I mean, I didn't feel comfortable about missing it. There are some people that do. They just, you know, oh, well, that's not going. No, I didn't. I felt uncomfortable the whole time. Like, maybe we can still make it. But then you think, oh, it's not. It's not. And you kind of, you know how you excuse, excuse, excuse. But because I had a discipler that said, no, where were you? Now I must ask you. You, they may be saying, but that's unreasonable. Hello, look at the product. Do you really think I would have been here if I gave one inch to the enemy, then he takes a, and then he takes a foot, and then he takes a meter, and then he takes a kilometer? That's how he starts. He starts with the little things. But because somebody looked out for me and said, no, don't miss. We're stirring one another up. You want to live a life of faith? This is how you do it. When it's time to be in the house of God, be in the house of God. Verse 25, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Stir one another. Don't forsake the assembling, as is the manner of some. Exhort one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Family God, I want to encourage you. If you're serving, there's people that will only be in the house the day they serve. So I'm not serving today, so why must I be? No, you're always in the house of God. You're next door in Kingdom's Kids. Wonderful. We appreciate all the help that people give, but that doesn't replace your time sitting in the Word of God. You've helped the children, but you need to be fed so you got something to feed them with. You want to lead them by faith, yes? Then you need to come here and be topped up by faith. Don't miss these meetings. 
Don't miss these meetings. It's critical. It really is vitally important. Look at verse 25 from the Passion Translation. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. Now, this could have been written yesterday. Because that's what's happened. People formed a habit during lockdown. It was easy to switch online. And then we got into that habit. I remember when we first opened up, I was so excited to get back, but it was so much nicer. Just to get up, look in a camera, preach a message, and get off, clothes off, and go straight to my cup of coffee and rest. I'm going to get up and shower and shave and get dressed. And what time do I get back? I still got to do a second service. No, this is what I do. This is my passion. And when they opened up and they said, we can get back, I was glad when they said, let us get to the house of God. That's, that's Janine in my heart. That's our, this is our life. Yeah, but you're the pastor. No, this is all of us. We should be doing it. Hallelujah. I thought after lockdown, we'd have queues all around the building. We've been missing this. Well, then, will I find faith when I return? This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. What day? When he comes home and finds faith. He comes back and finds you. Keep that faith alive. Amen? That's number one. Don't miss church or anything. Come back to the house of God. Well, just say this. Say, today I heard the word of God. That word has brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of God's word, I'm also a doer. From this day on, I live to serve God. To be a doer of the work. And I make a decision. As I heard the word, I will endeavor to always be in the house of God. When those doors are open, and the church is gathering, I will gather with my people, with my family, with the household of faith. And I know as I do that, I am inspired, I am filled with the word of God. My faith is kept strong, and I can encourage others to live the same way, in love, by faith, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.